On legal advice, I am precluded from making any further comments at this hearing in relation to the finances of the association or my former role as CEO. Back off. Welcome to episode 87 of Tales from the East End, and it's me, Gary P, of course, Prof. Carroll. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about the Waterford game. We have our second Tifties Busted Derry on Friday's Return of the LOI Curious segment, and we try to open the eyes of bar stealers with an interview. And we have a programme seller, Martin Ganocchi, on the show as well. And of course, I'm joined with Sean Fury. Do you prefer the Irish pronunciation? Ah, oh, no, no. Just change that. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, after a hassle there. <laughs> so we've uh, Sean Fury and we're gonna do an ultra draw today. And uh, believe it or not, we did a, a a mock draw. And I'm telling you now, right? There's at least you said six hundred. <laughs> I pulled out my own. I pulled out Gary Parsons in in the draw. Couldn't make it up. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna get that done and. Uh, yeah, it should be a bit of crack. So we're recording on a Sunday and our monthly madness with Paddy, Paddy Mulligan and Peter Fitzpatrick had to be rescheduled. Hopefully that'll be at the end of the month. Um, uh, yeah, so you're making a debut in Johnny Blue's bar. Gavin Bazuna's jersey, another great prize as well. So just for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about the draw. Yeah, so the the first prize is obviously Bazuna's jersey, the last one he had there with Rovers, um, signed by him. So I suppose it'd be worth a bit of money now in a few years if... Uh, if he makes it big with look City. look a fine wine, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, we have McAllister's jersey as well, the last one he had with Rovers. And um, then just a few other bits, like a free trip on the next bus and a few bits of merchandise and that. Um, so a good relationship with uh, Davy Mack, obviously, the Ultras. And he's actually getting getting his op done this week, so best of luck to Davy. He was supposed to come in and do the draw with us, yeah, but he's mm. getting a, a serious operation done, so it's, it's make or break for Davy at this stage. I don't think he'll play again. But uh, if if he's ready for the for the fifties five or so, we, we could probably twist his arm. Yeah, um, on his knee. I think it is his knee, yeah. isn't it? Because mm-hmm. that's what he's been having trouble with. Like if you look at down his uh, injury list throughout the years, it's horrific. It's horrific reading. I mean, he was really. Yeah, he was really, out for nearly two years at one point, wasn't he? Oh man, it was really bad. I don't know how he played so many games. He's just a tough guy. But um, we didn't realise you were such a local, uh, Sean. You're quite near Johnny Blues. Yeah, literally about two houses behind. You could have hopped the wall. <laughs> There's a couple of Pats fans around that neck of the woods. I haven't seen any. Yeah, there's one or two in there. And um, So uh, we'll ask you a couple of questions. How did you get the Fallen Rovers? And how did you get started with the Oldress? Um, so the first game I went to was um, Derry. It's a bit of a family affair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, going back a while now. Um, I think I was about 11. We went to um, Derry in the cup final. Um, Rovers there in 2002. It's still a, a touchy subject for a lot of Rovers fans. Yeah, James yeah. James Keddie. Last minute miss was it? 
I think so. He yeah. was. He should have buried yeah. it. Apparently, yeah. That's the one that people always talk about. And, and uh, at the time, it was uh, mad into fireworks and generally acting the bollocks. Like, yeah. Once I saw the black cats and bangers. Yeah. yeah Non-stop. Once I saw uh, the floodlights going for, I was like, oh, geez, this is gas. We'll start going to a few more of these. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, um, yeah, I first got into the ultras then in 2012, just after, I suppose, just when we started playing shy more than anything. <laughs> and uh, it was, I just got talking to Forky at the time and uh, just got, got involved with the lads back then. What about your favourite ever Roars player? So let's say pre and post Tala, do you have one? Um... Probably McCourt before Tala. Um, he was kind of the one I noticed most when I was younger following Rovers, like how good he was on the ball and that. Um, Tala probably Ricer. Mm. Always put in a shift really, like compared to a lot of the players we had then over since uh, since kind of 2011, like up to a few His attitude did him a lot of favours as well with the fans, didn't it? Ricer? Yeah, you could always see he was giving it 100%. Yeah. Um, he always put the shift in like do you think maybe Jack Byrne has made the biggest impact fastest impact of a midfield player since McCart yeah I think so um, I was watching him particularly there against Waterford and the ball is like a magnet on his foot like it's it's outrageous just isn't it? running circles around yeah. anyone that comes <laughs> like he does that. things right that I haven't seen done ever in Tala and he's done them in most yeah. games like that disguised pass against Cork uh, there was a couple of other passes that just <laughs> outrageous, and you haven't seen them in years. But now he's doing them every game. We were, well, every, we were standing with uh, Dan Fulham. He was back from Australia, and every time Jack Byrne would just play through ball, we'd be all like, "Oh, yeah!" It was just collect- collective groans, you know. It's it, he just has it down to a T. I think the the last person with that passing ability, and we didn't see enough of it, was Keith Whitey. And um, your your favorite Rover signing, Prof. No, don't get me started. Um, yeah, so. That's uh, that's Jack, and he won player of the month for March. And Greg Bulger came second. They were having a bit of back and forth online about uh, who should have won it. Jack thought he should have won it, and Greg thought he should have won it. So it was a bit of a, a love in online. And we do see these Gary O'Neill. Did you listen to LOA Weekly? It was no, actually I just saw good. the quotes. It was pretty good this week. And uh, he spoke about playing against Rovers on LOA Weekly, and he said, "I've never seen anything like it. We just had to go four five one and let them have it." <laughs> It was my first time in five years being here and we've never, ever let a team have the ball. They were just too good for us. Rovers, for me, were are by far the best I've played against all year. With players dropping into pockets and their understanding the game, we couldn't get near them. And uh, that's pretty much, that's no wingers either. I mean, we just seem to mm. strangle teams in the middle of the park. And it's just this blanket of creativity and pressing. And Finner leads the way with, with the way we press. And fitness is at its best I've ever seen. I mean, I can't, I've never seen them so fit. And like even McInef, McInef had to do a job against Waterford. He had to slip into the bulger role, and he did it. He was fantastic, and you could see afterwards he was he was noticeably tired because he was just getting stuck in and doing something that he's probably not used to, which is the great bulger role, and just having to kind of release and relinquish the ball more than he usually would. But um, the the fact that we can do that, we can lose somebody in the in the warm up like Greg Bulger, who's been my player of the season, and then we can slip Mac, Aaron McInef in there and, and bring Watts off the bench. Like it just shows you. But I st- like we said, we, we I think we will probably dip into the transfer market. If you were to dip in now, Sean, what would you do if you were to take in a player? Um, There's been talk of it. I mean, Bradshaw's kind of hinted at it. He did the other day. He, he said he would sign players if the right one became available. 
If lads were talking about them, is that the order for the UCD game? Their striker seems to be quite good. I can't remember his name. Drynan. Yeah, Drynan, yeah, yeah. He's, he's scored, four yeah. goals this season, I think he scored against us. No, he's after equalising McIniff now. The he's on five? on five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he seems good. Um, I don't know what the story is with his contract, though. Is he um, tied with them for another year or so? I think he's just on loan, so how would you go in and, and, and snare him? I don't think it's possible, but he's only alone. But uh, like, I think like it I would said, need to be an exceptional striker at the moment to replace Green. Granted, Green is missing chances every single game, <laughs> and it's, it's frustrating the hell out of us. But we're winning, we're scoring goals. There's, I mean, would you take a chance on bringing Dean Williams back? I mean, is that unfair on him? I mean, I mean he's getting game time every single week up at loan. He's scoring goals. He's on LOA Weekly this week. Um. Do you bring him back and sit him on the bench and take him off and give him the odd bit of game time or do you let him continue? Oh, if you're asking me should he replace Oki as an impact sub then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, if he could start, I don't know. What about Rob Manley off of Cabantini? Would you take a punt on him? I mean, he scored six or seven goals more than Dean Williams. Would you take a punt on him and bringing him in? I don't know. I'm just going to keep going back to Aaron Green. Look at that first goal. He, he holds up the ball plays it out to Trevor Clark and that's where the goal comes from let's be honest we're not giving out about, about Greener we're just talking about our impact from, from the bench and Greener has been been fantastic this season he's just not scoring goals but if you see his hold up play no one else will give us that I don't think Oki's got it in him Oki can't really play that type of game Green's not a proper striker either really no, like, um, he suits that role more holding up the ball and playing it in it seems like Brad's has been been gunning for this style of play for so long now he was after green for a while he was after green for a while he knew what he was getting them and then we have this abundance of talent in midfield now who can just score from all over the pitch and uh, big test big test on Friday but we will uh, talk about John Delaney we're, we have to we have to Jackie Joe come on we'll do it we'll, we'll read out some of his credit card charges right Gary rang me in the day about this I was like Carl we need to spend 10 minutes on this, on the show. We're going to do like a, a segment on it as well, like a piss take. But th- this fella, right, John Delaney, if anyone watched the, the Oriochtis, did you, did you watch any of it? I watched highlights of it, not the full thing. <laughs> he is a gangster, beyond belief. I mean, we all know what he was there for, but he chose to sit there and say nothing. And come out with a statement, and then what he said was, I'd say beforehand, he said, "Listen, lads, don't say a fucking word, and they let sprung, them come at us." They sprung that statement on them in the last minute as well. Yeah, and they had to go away for an hour and come back to kind of react to it. It's it's unbelievable stuff. So I'd say they went in and said, "Listen, say nothing, see what they ask. We'll say we'll note it and we'll come back to you." So any pressing questions, they said we'll get back to you. <laughs> so I'd say they're sitting now and they're just yeah. they're dishing out saying, "Right, John, can, do you have to walk? Do you have to go? Can we can we actually like explain?" If you do stay on, can we have a decent reason for you to stay on? But the credit card, I had a fair idea of this credit card thing before because uh, he, he did throw a lot of money around in general and I I got word from somebody within the FAO he had 300 a day expenses, right? So we're going to talk, we're going to get 40,000 on his work credit card. So that's 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 probably about right, 1,500 a week, six grand a month, six months, 40 odd grand or whatever. So he was on a salary of 360,000. And uh, he used it to put. At the, he went nuts in the duty free, so he's milling the duty free out. <laughs> he's he's in his, his local. He's keeping his local open. Constant withdrawal, six thousand six months cash. Purchases include four hundred at the Hillfigure store, so he's he's keeping himself up to date with fashion. Uh, more than five hundred on two visits to an executive dry cleaning outfit. 
who spends 500 quid on dry clean what are they using to clean the suits with as well is it fucking gold flakes like what's going on there the petrol station is my favourite thing 226 bill from Thomas Pink a store that claims to have perfected the traditions and intuition of English sure making FAI said no comment um Here's a good one now. The Sunday Times also found that on top of Delaney's company credit card expenses, the FAI paid a bill of eight grand and eighteen euro in December 2015 to cover his stay at the Ritz Carlton Hotel beside Central Park in New York, and that included feather beds, dressed down in goose down duvets, and you're offered a menu of pillows. So you go in and you have to pick your <laughs> pillows off a menu, right? Uh, and what it makes it even better that in 2001, um, Delaney was the Waterford director and he hammered Bernard O'Born for his use yeah. of credit cards and that was instrumental instrumental in ousting him wasn't it yep yep certainly was Delaney's FAI credit card bill included 13 separate bills from Plucks his local his local pub and restaurant in Kilmacanog amounting to 600 quid Kirk Giger he's spending money in some lovely British shorts again he's finally fond of those 91 euro bill from Kath Kitson a distinctive brand lifestyle um, withdrawals of 200 quid, 250. Uh, overall, he, he used it as a car, as a as an ATM machine, 7,000 euro he withdrew. Uh, July 2021, no, that's in the future. Ju- on July 21st, 2016, Delaney withdrew 200 quid from Topaz and Kilmacanoke. Anything else of no. Uh, 4,500 bill from the Ritz Carlton in Dubai, 2016. So he's living it up in Dubai. 600 in cash on three separate occasions, all on. Uh, away trips <laughs> so he's he's, he's withdrawn well, the cash on away these trips. were important meetings he was having doing away, UA for business so he paid uh, 1200 quid to Astor Home Care which is a healthcare company based in Dubai probably get the LT whitened uh, credit card bills what else we got 4200 for the Marleybone in London uh, 225 quid for the Gaucho Tower Bridge now, a, few, a few nice stakes like this goes on and on let's see what else anything else 355 on uh, duty free like that's that's what you're talking about like this guy has been living the life and his rent is being paid and he was getting a thousand euro a day as a salary that's what it was 360 grand a year a thousand a day for what can you explain to me I always wanted to know what, do you know what I, I was surprised that nobody asked him I'm surprised nobody said okay John what's your day to day what time do you start working <laughs> what time What time do you go on break? What time is your second break? Do you have a second break? What do you do then? Do you have overtime? What do you do? I'd love to know what his day-to-day was. I'm surprised nobody said that to him. He probably would have replied with, uh, I'll refer you to my earlier statement, as he replied to all 600 questions. Except for the ones that he that would make him look good. There was three or four of those that he did answer. And then he got called on it by, uh, what's your own, Imelda Munster. She actually pointed it out that those are the ones he answered. They'll make him look favourable. Oh man. And she said that everyone's scarlet for him. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but there was some really good uh, questions put to him. I think it was Mark Daly was was gunning for him. And he just wouldn't they, they just wouldn't answer the questions. They really well, wouldn't. That was the one where he had to press him for like six or seven minutes. Well, there was it was, a couple it was about, about like, bank accounts. It was like it was like who is the creditor or sorry, what was it for? What's the hundred grand for? Yes, exactly. That's what he said. He says, What are the terms? Mark Daly. Yeah. Can when you did, tell me the terms? Back? What are the terms? When does it have to be paid back? Yeah. Why isn't it in your monthly statements? So it was f- Why isn't it on the books? 
All sorts of shenanigans. No comment. Someone asked about Bray. Why didn't he help them when they almost went down there? Someone brought up Glenmore Park. Yeah, that was mentioned as well. That, yeah. was a, that was one of their downfalls as well. And what else? Um, Heedy Ray made an appearance. Oh, man. This guy. This is the same guy who still think God controls the weather. <laughs> Heedy Ray. Like. Probably the most relevant question of all like that was, how does an organisation with a 50 million turnover come down to 100 grand? That's what it was. What, what's the term? Going something. The term, uh, term eludes me now, but it was pretty much what they said was, okay, you have a 50 million turnover. How were you in such dire straits that you had to get hundred grand loan to keep the company going? Is what he said. Mm. That was a great question. No answer. Once again, we'll revert back to it. Your man, your man Conway just was getting in the neck. All like, <laughs> I hope he didn't put his hand up and say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll head the charge, boys. I'll take yeah. it on the chin." Because fucking hell. I loved Owen Rice's tweet. Trapper Michael Neal would never have played three point two <laughs> away to the Arctic. Did you see that one? The benches where there was three benches and they three at the top, they five in the middle, two at the top, and I almost say never would he play three point two away to the <laughs> But we'll move on and uh keep your ears peeled for more Delaney Delaneyisms on this show because uh we've something planned. So we're gonna talk pre match as well and what's your usual uh, pre match routine, Sean? So it's for a home game, let's say. Um, if if you're not planned, um, you'd normally go to the suite now. Um, we used mm-hmm. to drink in town. You weren't that fond of the Maldron, so we used to uh, drink in town then head out. But uh, when we have stuff on, I suppose we're in there about two hours beforehand. So you get right. a pint or two before, but uh, you'd be in early enough. So like I said, yeah. as we get in pretty early, I'm usually up there early enough. We had a little curious this time around, so we went in and gave him the walk around and. Uh, it was interesting enough because mid forties, this guy and he was the perfect candidate. Perfect candidate, absolute bar stealer. Rarely been to games in Middletown once yeah. or twice when he was younger. Really nice guy too. Really nice guy. Really eager. Really excited about it, and he had a ball as you will hear. So we're we're with him and uh, Gar Brennan. He's the one who introduced us. And uh, as I said, Dan Fulham made a return from Australia. Forgot That's how, what? Forgot how tall he was. Yeah, Mark Turner came up to me in yeah. the suite and he goes, "Yeah." Dan Fulham's walking around outside. What's the story? And we we're trying to keep it on the wraps. Well, I miss being at eye level with uh, fellow Hoobers. <laughs> crank me neck again now. <laughs> but yeah, so pretty much the usual carry on. And we had Dan back. We met our, our fair weather listener, Brendan Murray. Brendan Shout out Murray, to him. Yeah. He only sings when we're winning, doesn't he? Yeah. He won't listen when we're in the fucking winning the trenches. John Connolly loved our intro last week because Karen had only gotten into Jerry Cinnamon. So you started laughing then. Ah, uh, yeah, you did. So the two of them are big into them now. I'm into them myself now, actually. Ah, uh, it's a say. cracking album. Erratic Cinematic, check it out. It is, it's a really good I album. I just hope his next gig now is not on a match night so we can go. Yeah, yeah. No no mention of any people. We're picking Jerry over Rovers. But, Carl, you went to our lovely sponsors, Camille. So tell us a bit about them. I did indeed. I have to say, I wasn't too happy with your, with your uh, eating arrangements. Well, that was before I started eating, actually. No, well, you, there's no way you rearrange it. Now, when, you're, when we're talking about rice, right, do you lash the rice in the middle or do you put the food on top of the rice or do you separate it? On top. This weirdo put the fucking rice beside it. No, no, that's, how, chicken. that's how it was served to me. No, you're telling me. And then I prop. proceeded to eat it whatever way yeah. I wanted. <laughs> With your hands. And, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there was a debate online about Prof's uh, technique but yeah, food is great. And what we're doing is for the dirty game, if you're interested, lads, the only feed of the day will come at about one o'clock. Mm-hmm. So bus is leaving at half two. So the it's BYOB now. So for podcast listeners, you get to bring your own beer to Camille. 
and uh, we're going to meet up at about one, quarter past one, get a bit of grub and get a feed for the day in Camille and then walk over to the stadium and get the bus at half two. Do you, so want, my, do you want my full review again? Give us your full review of right. the of Camille Tight yeah. Takeaway sponsors. So of I, had the, uh, I had the crispy chilli stir fry, which is lightly battered piece of chicken and a spicy sweet chilli seasoning sauce. At just 495 calories, I can see why this is a customer favourite gift. <laughs> so when I walked in yeah, you have to have the little sizzle when you're talking about this oh, yeah. when I walked in there was a nice ambience in this particular establishment staff were efficient and my food arrived in good time I received quite a decent sized meal worth every penny enough to satisfy any malnourished hoop the chicken was fresh and tasty with a crisp exterior it worked together beautifully with the peppers which came in an assortment of colours and then then the onions entered the fray and then my spoon was packed with flavour and high quality ingredients. Accompanied by a mean batch of brown rice, it made for a delicious dinner. Washed down with a tasty beverage. All for just 10 euro, thanks to the match day deal. So all in all, my first taste of Thai food was an exquisite dining experience at Camille in Talavich. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read this after many <laughs> Excellent, excellent from the prof. So that's what you're in for. Uh, if you want to get a, a bit of grub with us on, on, the, on the Friday before we go to Derry. And um, yeah, so that's that. So we're going to check out uh, LOI Curious now. So here is Connor Masterson. Okay, so we're here with Connor Masterson for the newest installment of LOI Curious. And no relation to the other Connor Masterson at Liverpool, but you are a fan. So tell me, have you travelled over to watch Liverpool before? Yeah, a couple of occasions. Uh, but it was a few years ago. I think it was a United, sorry, a Liverpool and... Uh, Manchester City match it was uh, a good few years ago probably about five years ago now it's the last time it was over and you could be paying as much as 300 quid tickets flights accommodation to go to Anfield would you do every fortnight if you could or do you enjoy the game as much on telly I enjoy the game as much on telly plus I'm a student so I don't have that kind of money anymore really you know so when I when I, when I, when I leave qualify get a job maybe I'll start going to a couple of away day but it would be a regular thing and do you like to watch the Ireland international team? And do you ever go to the Aviva Stadium? Yeah, yeah, I go to the Aviva Stadium more than I would see Liverpool, so to speak. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoy that. Yeah, I do. So, are you familiar with the term bar stooler? And have you ever been labelled as one by Gar Brennan, for instance? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, bar stooler would be the it'd be the pet hate for our League of Ireland fans that are the guys who would sit in the pub and cheer on their team, and they're the guys that we are trying to convert so um, how much do you know about the League of Ireland and what sort of headlines caught your attention in recent years good or bad yeah I suppose I don't really follow uh, League of Ireland at all I'm really becoming aware more and more of the League of Ireland due to I suppose you know being in uh, being in the headlines with, with the FAI and the scandal that, that has hit that but no, I, you know I don't really know, know that much about LOA but there's I been know my father years ago used to, used to follow uh, Rovers. And he, know, he, he, were you in Milltown? Yeah, yeah, years ago. I have very little memory of it now, you know. It was very young. Now, there's been a spike in attendances around the league this season. Have you noticed more people talking about it since the start of this year? And uh, what prompted you to come out tonight? Yeah, a, a, a friend of mine goes out with my cousin. He's constantly asked me to go to Rovers games with him. Uh, and in a way, it sort of sparked an interest. 
I've been then looking online to see how Shamrock Rovers are doing, so it's funny. Like one thing leads to another That's conversation. Leads so, to yeah, no, it does. Somebody just been yeah, and yeah. he's constantly talking about like Jack Byrne, Jack Byrne, Jack Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking at his form, and then you know, curious about like how Shamrock Rovers are doing. Like like I know the last two scores were three one. I would never known that like last year, mm-hmm. for example. Like you know, and that, that that's it. It's just a little spark, just a little bit of an interest. So when he said, uh, "Come on along, do the interview." see a game um, I was very very enthusiastic yeah. yeah that was actually our next question are there any particular players looking forward to seeing in action tonight so Jack Byrne is it yeah does Jack Byrne yeah yeah because I've heard an awful lot about him it's a shame that he never actually came on I drink it in a local bar and there's a couple of Rovers fans there and they were uh, shouting at the screen to let Jack Byrne on when Ireland were playing Gibraltar in the last match uh, and that sort of said oh yeah he's, he's that Rovers player that Gary keeps him going on about so it's like yeah 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 I'm really looking forward to seeing him and then there's, there's, there's a full back that has some Liverpool connection as well isn't there is um um, Trevor Clark was at Millsborough Sean Cavanaugh was at Fulham Joey O'Brien was at Bolton yeah. um, so you were very young when your dad brought you to Milltown yeah. so you kind of don't remember much no I really don't remember that much at all but he, he used to go to uh, see Rovers regularly and then stopped for some reason when we moved up to Crumlin yeah. so why do you think you haven't given the League of Ireland the chance as you've gotten older I suppose there's no tradition of it. You know, I, do, I don't have friends, and I don't have a circle of friends who who go to League of Ireland matches. Uh, it's only recently uh, that Gar has been come involved with my my cousin that we would speak about League of Ireland or anybody around in my social circle cousins. So would actually speak about it. So, uh, and uh, do your football true. do your football friends have a negative perception of the standard of the League of Ireland? And what's your own? I mean, would you when you'd be around your friends that follow the Premier League, would they look down on the League of Ireland? Yeah, I think there is an element of that, to be honest. Um, I think it's a biased opinion, because I think there is, you know, I think, I don't know, but <laughs> I could imagine that the, stars, the, the, the standard is a lot higher than we would actually expect it to be. And uh, you've been with us in the 1899 Bar at Stadium, what do you think so far? I'm liking it. I'm finding that, you know, speaking to people, very friendly crowd. Um, the bar is lovely. I like the the space. You feel good. Nice point. Uh, but also, finding out people are from everywhere. There's people from, you know, all thing. over the place. That's it's the thing about it's, it's not just all Tala. You know? Bouncing around for so long yeah. that we've fans from all over the place. Yeah. And um, it's yeah, yeah, it is. It's really you're from Crumlin yourself, originally. Yeah. Yeah, Two yeah. Crumlin lads with you yeah. as well. Captain's Rob, born and bred. That's it. And um, what sort of atmosphere are you expecting at the game? Well, in speaking to the lads out at the bar there earlier on, they're really, really, they're really up for this match and feel as if they can probably pull off a win. Uh, they're expecting a record attendance tonight, and my expectations are quite high as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, so, yeah. so, so listen, we're going to conclude this interview after the game and get your thoughts after that. Yeah, so that was Connor, and yeah, I think he enjoyed his experience. But that's the type of person that we're trying to reach out to. I mean, there's all we all know bar stoolers. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm sure you know some. You work with some. Yeah. That's the way it is. We're trying to convince people that there is loyal football. It does exist, and it's well worth going to see. I mm. mean, this Rovers t- probably is a massive part of your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same with us. It's a massive part. Where, where did you get this guy? Now is he a friend of a friend? He was a friend of one of our WhatsApp group guys. Like, okay. and uh, he approached us. And he said, "Listen, I've a good candidate for it. He's mm. a proper bar stealer. 
You'd never, never heard gone the, to games. You'd never heard of the term bar stooler. I think Gar, yeah. he was, he's Gar's girlfriend's or fiance's cousin and they had just met through that situation and he was always going on about rowers and I think mm. he'd been giving them stick going, hello, shy. So Gar says, right, we get this fella in and we show him what it's all about. Mm. So we, we all know so. somebody and it's, it just takes a little bit of enthusiasm and that's what he said. He said Gar's enthusiasm enticed him in. And that's what it's all about. If somebody's passionate about something, you have to admire it. That's that's the way we all started, really. So we'll hear his thoughts of how it all went after we review the game. Right, so we beat Warford 2-1 at Talit. Um, one change to the team. Greg Bulger was injured in warm-up and Dylan Watts replaced him. So Dylan had just celebrated his 22nd birthday the day before. And like we spoke before, we have some uh, we have serious depth in, in, in our squad. If we can just throw Watts into the team and spring him from the bench. So uh, before kick up, there was a minute's applause for match day. Stuart, Catherine Jones, and Fan Patrick Quinn, and the guys in the field, prof, didn't it? With, this, with the Stuarts standing yeah, on the, the line, Stewart's it was very sad, wasn't it? In the box, yeah. I um, think a lot of people recognise Cat from 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 match day. Yeah, so. I, I, I was thought, very friendly. Yeah, I yeah. thought she she was she was a boss or something along the lines of that. She seemed like she was always above and in charge. You know, a lovely woman and uh, very obliging. So rest in peace and condolences to her family and friends. Um, yeah so this day was also the 32nd anniversary of the last game at Milltown mm-hmm. so it was a uh, a lot of people were looking back at the Sligo game in 87 there was, there was no FAI protest so at this game there was rumours that would be happening all around the ground I know the Cork fan had their sign forced to be removed bad, like as, as, as regards okay. to disrupting the game now we can have mm-hmm. something but don't fuck tennis balls on the pitch that was the rumour that the tennis balls would be chucked on and Deco was like sure like, we just that, giving them the money back then that they're getting fined <laughs> for you themselves go. for their own protests so. <laughs> yeah exactly but that goes behind me when he realised there'd be no prote- protest he was like what am I going to do with all these tennis balls now yeah there you go do you know it as well do you know yeah <laughs> do you know what I want to know I want to know where that money goes now I want to chase the paper now so let's say we pay a grand in fines I want to know where that money goes now I want to know directly what account it goes into because it's 24 of them and yeah. let's see where that paper trail runs to is is he going down to Brown Thomas get himself a Gucci cap, or, or what's going on with Delaney? I mean, is he is he directly getting that money? We could very well be financing Delaney's expenses with our finance. What's to say we're not? Is that an unrealis- yeah. unrealistic thing to say? No, they just don't seem to have any sort of accountability. Like, and uh, that actually reminds me, a good friend of mine. She worked with them uh, up until about nine months ago she left right and uh, she sent on a picture of her contract there this week just to just to expose a few things okay. right? so um, so they have this kind of consent form that they all need to sign in there and uh, so one paragraph here is under teamwork and um, states teamwork involves combining skills talent knowledge etc of all members of the FAI volunteer executive or directors in a coordinated manner Um. We embrace teamwork throughout the organisation uh, with collaboration, encouragement and accountability of all staff. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't seem to exist at the higher level. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's just corrupt to the core. It really is corrupt to the core. Uh, yeah, so it's it's just nuts. I mean, are we the only country who tolerates this type of thing? This is Russia, they'd be in a gulag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To be in the fucking back of a bar still. It just doesn't make sense that we allow this to go on. And how brazen they are on live television. I have to say, if there's anything to admire, it was admire balls. might be a bit of a strong war, but the big set of balls on John Delaney to just sit there and say, fuck off. I wasn't surprised though. 
I just thought that's what you do. Seriously. It's like when you see something on uh, CSI or something and uh, someone gets pulled in for murder with no solicitor. Yeah. No, no comment. Yeah. Just don't say it's anything. It's just like saying nothing. He is yeah. brazen as fuck. And your one I mentioned earlier who had a, had a right Gautam said his disgrace and all. Mm. That was a tetchy moment. And he, he was just like, all right, I've noted your comments. I've, I've noted your comments. <laughs> see the big dirty smile when Healy Ray was saying to him you got the mother of welcomes and he's just smiling from ear to ear I actually thought that was an embarrassed smile I thought he was cringing a bit I mean seriously it's what an idiot this guy is Healy Ray we're going to do a skit of him it'd be easy (laughs) enough wouldn't it Um, yeah so we'll talk about the game now and we had Cavo 1-0 and I saw a fans video of this and once again another excellent goal we are scoring goals We're creating chances, but the, the manner of the goals is fantastic. I mean, this was an excellent, excellent bit of play. Trevor Clark is back to his best for me. Anyway. He was great against Boyle. And Cavo strokes at home again for his second in two games. And uh, you're starting to like this, aren't you, Prof? Cavo was your tip last year's end-of-season special for possibly player of the year. I was saying, I think I was saying top three. He should be our top three performers this year. By the way, if you had Cavo first goal scorer on your betting slip for two consecutive games... Well done, you're probably Nostradamus. Yeah. Because nobody could have seen that coming. Not at all, because I, I had a greener, in fairness, now I had, and I thought I was celebrating a greener uh, a greener bit. And they jumped around, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> Speaking of celebrating, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I actually agree with Winston. For what? Which we know, on what is regards to now, Prof? There are too many retrobrates in the sales stand. <laughs> yeah. Because so? we were celebrating that goal. I was about two seconds into oh, this was brilliant. punch no. in the air. You got soaked. Next thing, I'm absolutely <laughs> drenched in cold. Oh, the face. Was it cocoa water? I think it was water. And, uh, was it cold? Were you sticky after it? I wasn't sticky, so maybe it was water. <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever because I know when you get annoyed <laughs> and you wanted to snap. You just were so pissed off and I was laughing. I was like, he's, he's, if it was anyone else, you probably would. But in fact, it was Ozzy Nate, I think, or Deco or somebody. I think it was Nate. I don't no, know who this, was. No, this, this is what I'm talking about. This was a girl down a few few rows down. That came from beneath us? I yeah. thought it came from behind. She threw it over her head. They're always was, at that. She was shits. Yeah. Mm, Fucking right. up pencils and all sorts. Yeah, no, we'll have to have words. My parents were, she did come to me up at, ha- at half time and said sorry. She felt Oh, bad. was it a child or? Oh, a child, yeah. But, uh, our whole south stand is just overrun with this. It like is, a isn't it? Crash. Yeah. I, I appreciate Jesus. the apology, but, uh, they're still about your face. So we two more chances for Green as well. El Green, I, I think I was, I got word that he just, he just, he can't believe he's not scoring. Like I think your man lay down on the ground, the defender. I think he was lying down like lengthways, and that's how he blocked it. But he just I can't seem to score at the moment. He's doing a lot of good things, but imagine, imagine he'd be banging them in. I mean, it'd be, it'd be next level altogether. Needs to just keep the head now. you will get them. I think. I, I think he has a, a good. He does, but because he's he is still playing well, and the players apparently think so as well. I mean, it's it's not as if they're in his ear and we're we're not converting chances and we're losing. So there is a bit of breathing space. Yeah. So that's 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 the one thing. I'm stunned um, he hasn't scored in the last few games, though. Yeah, it's some of the chances. It's starting to. Probably weigh on his shoulders, but starting to weigh on all our shoulders now that he hasn't scored in the last I think games. He, I think it's funny at this stage that he hasn't scored and some of the chances. Like every game he's had two clerical chances. The one, it was pretty much an The one against the worst had to have been where he, 
he just didn't know how to do it. He tried to kind of bat it in with his midriff. And then in the same game, he had a, the most blatant, UCD, most blatant one-on-one ever, ever, of all time. And he just couldn't put it away. So we went at the halftime. Gary just didn't return for the second half. I was in, in block case. Z. Block Z, yeah, because Jaden's pals are down there. So I went down to Pat yeah. Martin and Glenn Dunn, junior hoops were down there. Sometimes I joke with Gary when he leaves at halftime for the sweet. I'm like, see you next week, Gary. <laughs> this case, it would have been literally, because he just didn't come back. It was... Um, and, and the props perch, so many of his left, became un- overrun by infidels. Yeah. All these people just came over and just said, oh, I'll stand here now. I was the, like, what are you doing? The props perch is the spot. We were just up, you could say... To your top right. So if you looked around and perched your neck, you'd probably see us. And we're above the, the archway. And it's a great little spot to stand because you can lean on, you can hang your flag, you can swing it over. Carol Kearns was flagging me. He said I should try and manage it. I'm like, how am I supposed to manage me on perch? Manage the props perch. Yes, yeah, the charge admission. Well, that's where we have been standing. And it's a, it's we, we think it's the best view in the house. So we'd fin ahead ourselves on the hour mark, which it's good to see us because it's something we don't do is create headed chances. So it was good to see Finn uh, and a great, a great bit of work from Trevor again, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I mean, Trevor fucking, he terrorised the fullback, and that's the type of the performance we've been talking about we've been lacking from Trev, hasn't it? I actually really enjoy watching Trevor run, on, run with the ball. Terrorising defenders, it's brilliant, just, isn't it? I don't know if he's, he's going to turn back or fly ahead. That's or... the thing, he's running with it, right? And let's say he does kind of cut in. I don't think he knows himself what he's going to do. And then his brain just takes him out to the left again, and then he'll swing one in. It might just rebound off again, and then he'll go with you again. He's just so unpredictable and such an asset to have. He, he was on top form in this he game. Really was, he really was, excellent. He? And then with Pico's goal at 67, which was an excellent header, because he, he'd check out the photograph, the leap, right? He's, mm. he's about, about five feet off the ground where his feet are. So the leap and the nod down, it was an excellent header. And, yeah, some Corner. Glenn Dunn said to me just beforehand he says Jesus, we're brutal from corners we don't create <laughs> and then Pico buries one he was at full stretch and it was excellent bit of a howler by uh, Dean Granger you know the young fit of his fan cam yeah what did he, what did he, he I didn't uh, watch that this week actually he didn't record Pico's goal because he was reading about himself in the programme <laughs> so it cuts back and we've just scored and then a line comes up at the bottom and he's like I missed it because I was reading about myself in the programme and then he comes back to himself it was like Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Pico, Pico scored. And um, so we Jack Bourne as well, once again, another masterclass. And Prof, the, the you love the scoops and not just the liquid types. The passes. Was, was he did another one, didn't he? Kind yeah, of, scoop passes. Oh, yeah. He, he, he could actually be perfected. Like if, if anyone tried one of those and it didn't come off, he'd be fucking giving out stink, but you know he has it in the arsenal. You know he can pull it off. The God, he's the past master he really what, is what was it I think it was Maloney was saying it's, it's the pass before the assist it's not it's not just these true balls he's putting through he's putting these balls out to Clark who's then in a great position to drill it across or whatever it's that great pass out to the wing to set up a chance not just his true balls mm. it's just it's, it's a joy to watch it really is and how many times like you'd look around you'd think it's like a a blue movie at times about prospers because all he hears oh <laughs> yeah. looking at Jack Bourne Dan was gas balls around kept saying that over and over again especially in the second half there was like a 15 minute period we just kept saying oh <laughs> but uh, a young boy of the game had a sign saying Jack Bourne can I have your jersey and a Bowes member 
Matt Devaney. Is that not the chairman? Not the chairman. He's involved at the board level. Either way, okay. he said that he should be forcibly removed anyone who has these signs at League of Ireland games. So he's talking about he thinks it's crept into the game over here and it shouldn't happen. But what what type of what type of guy is is saying that, like that's that's a, that's a board member saying that children should be forcibly removed? I think he was trying to reference the Cork thing, where <laughs> someone removed the Delaney sign. But still, it was a bizarre... Very short-sighted and bizarre thing. Strange, strange thing to say. And Jack got on to him straight away. He put up the tweet saying, I was looking for this fella after the game. I think Robert Goggins is trying to help. I think he's been located. Do you know what? Yeah. I think he was located in the junior hoops. Uh, WhatsApp group. I think they did a bit of a job there and they, they found out who he was. And then we had a, a disaster from League Race. Let's be honest. I'm glad he got it out of the way because he's due one a season. Yeah. So we got it out of the way when we were tuning it up. Trying to control the ball at the pace. Line. The ball came at pace. And he's trying to control it. And Drynan and just, he, he swooped in and he banged it in. So God knows what he was thinking. What was he thinking? I know, like, at times he has this thing where you know he's going to, he's in a tight space, there's someone coming onto him. There's enough space to just kind of advance with the ball and turn. And you know he's going to do it. The defender doesn't know and you're just thinking oh just don't do it this time but he always pulls it off and he, he ends up advancing with the ball and we're going to get caught hopefully hopefully this is the bad one out of the way aside from this disaster uh, Sean are you a big fan of Grace? Ah, of course yeah as Gary was saying there like he rarely ever makes mistakes so yeah I think he probably had a bit of a brain fart there for that one but uh, <laughs> uh, he rarely makes them to be fair like. you know it was bigging him up big time uh, Dave Dunn They've done son, Dave. He was saying like he has to be a like, slightly one less of the, dangerous. One, Dave, like, one of the best defenders we've had like since Milltown, if not the best. Can't like, I mean, like, who who could they compare him to? Who is uh, wouldn't be Keely? Keely couldn't pass. I think war. our ninety-four pairing was Junior uh, Brazil and Peter Eccles. Yeah, but that was slightly less dangerous, Dave. So mm. is that what we're gonna go? With? He's not as dangerous. <laughs> not, not as dangerous, Dave. <laughs> um. Yeah, so good performances all around. Cavo once again, he's just so neat and mm. and perfect. I'd say in school he had the best handwriting in the class. You know, it's just one of those <laughs> fellas. He's just everything about him is just so technical and crisp, and he's just a fantastic footballer. And he can play anywhere. He's played centre half. He's played left full. He's played left wing. He's played in the hole. His debut, he scored two goals, didn't he? From I think he was in the hole. He could play him up front. I mean, this guy is one of those players that could just play in any he position. He scored in his first two games against. Bray and Derry and then he never started again until our most recent two games Cork and Watford mm. but like he's getting better game by game isn't he ah, he's just tops he really is and you are continuing to <laughs> love this absolutely yeah, love it fan. by the way how angry was Adam Manus after he conceded that goal I didn't see I had to leg it I had to leg it for work so like, I cut the game I cut the, I was, the goal online no I was just watching it online because I, I did miss his reaction at the time because that's it's hard to see up there from a the sand I was just watching it back in video and even I started to cower I was like oh my yeah. god it looked like he was going to murder someone but he's right he's right it's something you don't do you don't fuck around in your box you can see when he, we have obviously conceded very little like this season but when something goes in he seems to lose the rag like just <laughs> more so with himself he's like yeah. no I could do better here mm. <laughs> I'd say Pico and and Joey O'Brien and Lee Grace and Al between them are really pushing each other big time to rack up those clean sheets. Do you know what? Joey's leading yeah. the charge there, I reckon. Yeah, Joey is so. the, the senior pro there and he's probably in the ads here saying, lads, look, another fucking clean sheet here. He seems to be the most vocal out of a lot of them mm. and the most, um, kind of the, 
the unique personality in there because we've dealt with him with the quiz and that and he's is he's 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 quite demanding isn't he he, he's been hammering us a couple of times someone I can't remember who was was commenting on the last half hour or so of the court game when we were 3-1 up so we're 3-1 up and comfortable but you could just hear the four of them just barking at each other organising staying tight it's still not half an hour to go you're 3-1 up you can't I mean you, you can see there it's, it's a different game at 3-2 like it's it's the experience that we've been and we've been, we've been screaming out for and let's be honest Ting isn't getting back in and Ethan Boyle's not getting anywhere near that team when he comes back would you still keep Joey right back though why change a winning team golden rule well, would you put Ethan Boyle in for Joey O'Brien Absolutely not. No, I'm saying put Joey <laughs> oh, Sender back. That's even a question. I'm saying put Joey Sender back in Ethan. No, I don't think so. Because Pigo, as, as... No, we're, we're winning. No, look, you can't do it. I mean, if he did that, we start conceding. Think about but it. But he's only been right back for the last three or four games. We're winning before that. Oh, I don't know. Our, our, most, our most potent form is with Joey in the team. And you've seen how good he's been against Pats, against Cork. How many times have you said that... Mm. Eden Boyle has been that good and has been influential. How many times have you said that in his Rovers career? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, listen, I'm a massive fan, Joey. But Joey's in the team all day for me. But those 20 clean sheets last season, Eden Boyle was part of that. Yeah, true. But the clean sheets this season and the eight-point lead at the top of the table is... True enough, all the Vedans on. Yeah, true. He got injured against Bowles and we haven't seen him since. I wouldn't be putting him back in. And that's nothing against the guy. It's just... It, it's it's an old to our until it stops working. Why would you change it up? Exactly, yeah. and it's blatant that we do need a, a rifle replacement. So, so that two one scoreline definitely not a true reflection of that game. We had loads of chances to make it more. Yeah, definitely we should have been. And we should have been. Put what away. did they do other than that? Like they had a chance early on. El Buzaidi, he's he's a good player, isn't he? Number so eleven. Someone El was clean shoe on goal. Yeah. Was it him? He, he scored yeah. it. Uh, Airy had a shot. Other than that, there was nothing. Really. I mean, they, they they fail to create, and this is all down to our, the way I like to call it is the strangulation of the middle of the park. Is we just press and we hammer people because we've no real wide players. We just seem to strangle the midfield, and then when we do retain possession, we're gone. And we've so much gifted, so many gifted players in the middle of the park. We just create chances, and Greener holds it up. But it's just it's it's a great formula. It's working at the moment. Thought we grew into that game. Have you noticed that we play the same as we do at home and away? Which is something that used to piss me off the last couple of seasons. Yeah. We'd have this great, dynamic, all-action home performance and then we'd go away and then you wouldn't see it again. We played the exact same. We just imposed our game on everybody in the cross. Like, I mean, we went to the cross and we battered them. Hmm. We said, right, this is it, lads. This is our fucking stadium for the day. That was one of the most dominating over his performance I've seen in years. <laughs> I can't remember. I thought it was going to be tight down there. We absolutely lashed them. Like. Oh, man. Smashed them. So, um, the attendance... Had to be over three thousand, and it wasn't the two thousand and eight hundred that was reported. Thought it was a lot more. Um, negative effect of the Aviva game. You think that's had that to do with it? It's affected a lot of the league bar. Let's be honest, right? Anyone who went to the Aviva, this this might be a controversial opinion, but anyone who went to the Aviva instead of Rovers and claims to be a Rovers fan, they're not real Rovers. Does that make sense? I agree. Yeah, they're not real Rovers. Like you could have bought a ticket for that. And not went. There's the money. It was all about the money. That's what this 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 Aviva game is all about. Money for that family. I'm not even gonna have a go at that person because I think that for them to be in that position where they were forced to choose, that's the problem. That was true. Ridiculous. Shouldn't have been put in that situation. But for you to go and watch a charity game instead of Rovers at home to Waterford, boy, we're top of the league. When you had a choice, 
and the Aviva game is all about money to raise for the Cox family why wouldn't you go to the Rovers game give them their money buy the ticket there you go give the ticket away to someone even yeah I agree with that that's just how I feel about it I I don't think that's harsh at all I just can't believe the FAI <laughs> like scheduled the two well, on the same night. Of course, you can't believe it. Of course, they, this is they don't even think. I'd say they said well, this Friday in April. What's on? Are we any internationals now? Grand, lash it on there. I didn't even think of the league of Ireland. Nothing the FA do anymore surprises me, but that actually did. That's, that <laughs> stunned me. Um, and speaking of bar stewards, we have our LOI Curious Part Two. Okay, we're back with uh, Connor Masterson. So this is our post-match interview, and uh, you'd never been to a Rovers match before. Uh, in Tata so before we talk about the game itself your first impressions of Tata Stadium yeah really enjoyed it <clears throat> like the new stand where we were we were right in the action you can see everything the view is fantastic and uh, the support was tremendous I have to say really really good really impressed so you say you like the view from behind the goal would you like to try out the main stand or the former east stand or do you think you like the view from back there yeah, no, uh, uh, Gar was saying to me that he used to be in the East End and you moved across. Uh, I think, yeah, it would have been, been better because you, you'd, have more of a, you'd have more of a view of both goals if you were in the East End, whereas, you know, it was very hard to follow what was happening, especially the last goal. I didn't really see what was happening because he was so far away at the other end uh, when, when Waterford scored. Uh, I don't know who really was at fault. It was very hard to see, so I suppose the East End would be better, yeah. Uh, your experience of the day overall fantastic fantastic uh, I enjoyed it I don't think it was the best match to tell you the truth I mean I thought Waterford came out and they had a game plan I was impressed that Rovers actually broke them down I was more impressed rather than the front line I was more impressed by the back line especially Grace I noticed him on a couple of occasions and asked who he was to the guys around and they all praised him very very high but I noticed him throughout the game his uh, positioning his reading of the game his, his skill he was, he was fast as well you know and seemingly he's, he's an older player so, so that, that's quite good that's, that's quite promising So you singled out Lee Grace any other players stand out for you on the night? Absolutely. The score of the second goal, Lopez, I thought was very good. Took up very good positions. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I don't. is he played in the right position there? I don't know. Yeah, he is a centre-back. He can play right-back too, but okay. that's where he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, impressed. I'm impressed overall by the, by the players. I don't know their names or the positions, so <laughs> excuse me. But, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed the match. But it wasn't... It wasn't you know, it wasn't the best match I've ever seen, but I thought it was very tight. I thought it was very good. Shame that he went uh, let word for the to score at the end. So you can kind of see why Jack Byrne got his international call up the way he's, he's pulling the strings midfield there. Yeah, he's he, he, he's he's very impressive. He's very impressive to see, of course. Uh, and Jack Byrne is always the one you know that, that people are going to pick out when they, when they watch Rovers play. Um, I was I would have I would have likened to see him taking a few more uh, a bit more risk in his play you know I thought sometimes he didn't read the game so well tonight not, not all the times uh, but yeah no look he, he, he does deserve a call up I mean he can't do worse than the players that are already in the Irish team like up forward <laughs> like you know be a bit of a plus having him on the bench you enjoy uh, Robert's style of play is something you'd pay to watch Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thought they were very tight, thought very good. Uh, they really broke Waterford down, and I thought really Waterford started very, very well. They, you could see they had a clear game plan, but they broke them down. They persevered, and they got two goals in the end, which was fantastic. Yeah. 
What did you make of the general atmosphere and the, the buzz of the <laughs> fans inside the ground? I, I, I was sort of I, I felt quite honoured that I was uh, taken as, as part of the uh, the crew. It's a fantastic crew. Everybody was very very welcoming. I thought that the effort throughout the match was a constant song. So it was constant drumming and droning and shouting and uh, slagging. Uh, it, it, it was it was fantastic atmosphere. It was fantastic to see so many 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 young people at the game as well. You know, and they knew all the chants and they were singing all the chants. Uh, they were actually looking at the game a lot of messing going on as well but it was fantastic to see that as well Uh, the Premier League is obviously a different world but could you compare the TV experience against the live League of Ireland experience yeah I think I, I think again it's 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 I've seen some really shit games in the Premier League as well. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's comparable. It's 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 it's. I like and I enjoy the live event rather than uh, what was it called earlier on a bar stooler. Yeah, we taught you. We asked you were you ever called a bar stooler? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're an ex bar stooler now. I'm an ex bar stooler. Yeah. Good. Okay. Has your opinion on anything changed since we last spoke? Yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, before I would have never have thought going regularly to see a League of Ireland match. And my opinion and my head has been definitely turned to it. You know, otherwise, well, what else would I doing on Friday other than wasting my money in a local bar? You know, But yeah, I, uh, I'd be into it, yeah. Definitely, I'm open to it. Definitely changed that way. You mentioned the high prices of going to England to watch a game. Do you think 15 euro is good value for a League of Ireland? Yeah, I think it's great value, especially the season ticket. I was asking the guys how much a season ticket for Rovers cost at the moment, something like 200 or so, yeah, which is right. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great value. You get 20 matches a season out of that. Fantastic. So you're saying you might be back. Can we even tempt you on a bus for an away game? Yeah, slowly, slowly catch a monkey. Uh, the away games, everybody is saying it's a bit of mayhem. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a few more home matches before I go that, that far, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Connor was uh, well impressed by everything on and off the mm-hmm. field. He says it wasn't a great game, but he, he was impressed by the way he played. And I he loved the bar and he loved, I think he'd be loved back. the crack. I think he'd be back anyway, so we'll try and get yeah. him back. And we have a new subscriber, Gary. Yeah, Who was it? Him. Oh, yeah, he downloaded it, didn't he, just before the, the interview? Yeah. Uh, we all went to the Abo after. Oh, so yes, you had to throw this one in, actually. You were texting <laughs> me. Yeah, I want to say it for the record that I outlasted Dan Fulham on the sesh. And now this is this is a big thing. Now he, He'll blame jet lag. He will. And he'll blame other things. Granted, he probably hadn't slept in about three days. His body clock was all over the shop. <laughs> Well, facts are facts. And he's quite longer as well, so he's more room for points. <laughs> so, uh, there was a couple of people banjoed as well, we'll say no names. Yeah. And uh, you got a bit of a lock-in in the Abbo, big guy on the bar, was he? He was indeed, he could uh, bring, it up, bring us over the Guinness. Like an extra uh, 300, isn't he? <laughs> no one fucks around in the Abbo. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to other results now. Uh, Prof, we're going to have to get our finger out with the prediction league because we're down in 20th. But there's only eight points between us. Uh, Jake Jordan Belfort, uh, the Jordan Belfort of the Rovers world, he is up there propping up the table. Um, I think we got the cork draw right, is that it? We got the cork draw right, so we've cork one, St Pat's one, we've UCD nil, Derry two, Sligo Rovers two, Dundalk one, and Finn Harps nil, Bowes one. We went for Harps, more of a hopeful shot in the dark, wasn't it? We went for, went for a draw Dundalk. There. So we, we do, we have to start getting our, our finger out and, and racking up the points because it's a nice kitty there. But um, 
Did you see Pat Hobbins' celebration? Oh, unbelievable. How cringy was that? Did oh, you see this? Oh, yeah. I was saying to the lad, cheese. It was awful. <laughs> like, imagine being that big-headed and... It's not even on top four metres. It's not like no. he's them in, like... Yeah, and like, it must, obviously he was getting a bit of abuse from the Psycho fans or whatever, and he wasn't even doing that his name. It was under the Total Produce thing, so yeah. it was like, yeah, Total Produce, that's, that's <laughs> the logo. That's our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> But like, how cringy is that watching that back now, having lost the game? You you apparently uh, gave a bit of abuse to one of the fans after for having a go at him, saying he wasn't uh, he wasn't up to it at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah. there's been a bit apparently of that in around the league. Yeah, there's yeah. apparently we'll talk about. Fuck it, no, no one can say anything. You might as well. There's been digs thrown at the Dundalk dressing room in Inchicore apparently from a good source. <laughs> Allegedly, that's <laughs> thrown in case we're, we're stung for some sort of libel case. But there's digs thrown apparently. Um, they're in disarray. I think the Stephen Perry's interview didn't. He looked shook. I mean, like, the wheels are falling off. The wheels are falling off. And right, if let's go to Monday, right? Balls on dark. What result do you want? A draw. I take a draw. Yeah. But what about long term? If we're gonna think long term, would you t- let, take a balls win for the long term of Dundalk? Because you got to look at Shields, McElhaney, and Benson coming back. So would you take a balls win, even True. though it's leading in? To the derby, no, possibly the draw well. two draws. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't think Bowes have it in the long term. Not at all. They're going to totally start agree. dropping. So like, leave them there. Mm. So the we're Dundalk, I think they come better now. <laughs> yeah, Benson McLeany Shields. That's <laughs> some trio to come back with. Thirteen points ahead of Dundalk before Easter. <sighs> Do you know what? By the way, I have to I have to say this as well. Uh, Kira Stafford is axed from the Derry bus, officially sacked and barred. Because you know what he said to me? Do you know what he said to me? Leaving Block X. He says, just give us the league title now. Right, get him out the bus. He, I say, he can't be serious. Can't be serious. And he follows Liverpool as well, so I think that, that says everything about... We'll so. banish him to the Aldridge bus. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so 13 points ahead of Dundalk before Easter. Last year, going into the Good Friday game, we were two points behind Dundalk. Isn't... And in 2017, going into Good Friday... We were nine points behind Dundalk. I know we're toward the ahead. Like even, do you know what? Do you know what? When when the guys that you know when you work with and they know you follow Rovers and they're slightly interested in the league and they turn around to you and they say, "Jeez, that's a massive, massive gap, massive gap at this stage of the season." And I'm thinking in my head, "Ah, you know, it's it's not that big." But yeah. when you an outsider says that to you and you don't look at it with your Rovers tinted glasses, it's true. It's a huge gap. It's funny when non-fans kind of talk to you about it. Like yeah. one fella at work was saying to me, I was like, oh, I think, he, I think he'll win it at a canter this season. And I'm like... I still don't want to think like that, no though. No way. Like, no, not a chance. The wire, we're just... We're, we're gla- our glass is half full yeah. at the moment, anyway. And uh, if you saw on Twitter, Tommy Tormey made a, a table of points total since we lost 5-2 to Dundalk mm-hmm. when a certain uh, banner went up. <clears throat> and uh, Dan Cleary made a tweet saying, Doubt me now. And I'll update it to include Friday's game. So since that 5-2 defeat to Dundalk, or was it played 26? Yeah. 120, drew 3, lost 3. Dundalk have played 24. 116, drew 5, lost 3, 53 points. Oh, doubt me now, yeah. Um, it's also the anniversary of the 99th minute Leahy winner this week, if I'm correct. The one year anniversary. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it is. So we've come a long way. Um, yeah, so that is the results 
from last week and uh, I didn't realise Cork are only on uh, 10 points like, so that's bad. shocking like, they're so bad I have to say of a draw every that game. was my big show for the season wasn't it was yeah. Cork to capitulate and just not do it at all and even do you know what who said it to me Coffee has shook uh, Brad's hand apparently 10 minutes before time he says well done excellent <laughs> 10 minutes before time <laughs> and then they sacked Nash before the game massive row in the dressing room that's another one everyone's falling apart Cork had a massive row in the dressing room beforehand and they sacked your man Nash on the spot apparently he was like yeah get out he's gone <laughs> so it was before a game so it, it's mad it's mad league um, so the Monday night fixtures yeah we were talking about that already and uh, the draws we want draws out of what we reckon that'll do and injuries as well not, not, not career threatening ones just like hamstring pulls or something that could kind of hamper their progress so um, we'll move on to the 19s they beat Waterford 3-1 at home with Brandon Cavanagh in the starting lineup, and we Furlong Bogdan off and Aluya uh, Furlong is Maloney's show isn't it for a potential star he, he rates him and the bog is scoring goals again uh, we, the 17s won 2-1 away to Warford goals from Newland and Sinclair Armstrong so Sinclair is continuing his, his rise to the top and we, the 15s came from 2-1 down to be Wexford 3-2 at Roadstone thanks to a brace from Michael Leddy and Mikey had scored 4 goals in their 6-3 win at UCD on Wednesday night as well and Leddy is an Irish international if I'm correct mm-hmm. is that right? he scored in a 5-1 loss yeah. and um, we are toward the end one six two away to Wexford with goals from Geraghty, Uchenna and a hat trick from Richie and now Umarchioman this week. So uh, Did you like to pronounce that name? Uh, we'll have to put it in front of him. It's not there. It's not actually. What there. is it? It's uh, I can't even I don't know. We we actually got him we got Glenn Dunn to talk to the poor young mm. and he said, Can you pronounce your name please for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's uh, we were so off with the original uh, attempt, weren't we? Um so what else we got we have the Young Hoops have the Easter weekend off as well which I'm absolutely chuffed with and I found out on Saturday the Jade was playing against the Archer and I was when you're thinking about the Saturday morning after an away game you're thinking right, I'm up early or do I have the lie on and I found out Jaden has no game after the Derry game I was so happy I was so happy <laughs> and I have to go up at 9 and bring him out to football in a state so <laughs> do you remember last year's game we went to, to uh, the brand new bill do you remember what we were doing the day after Oh, uh, Brandy Well. So that was that would have been as far as the end of the season. Yeah, then it was was the one nil, Eden Boyle. Danny Carey, Yeah, that was a great trip. What were we doing after? What were we doing the morning after? The t- five side. No, we interviewed Alan O'Neill here. Oh yeah, two of us hung over, and ribbons. he did all the talking. And we in, inside we were like, thank God. Yeah, jeez, thank, thank God, God he's a talking, great talker. Yeah. Stinking. Stinking up Johnny Bulls. And so they have the weekend off. Amputee so I continue their fine form at the start of the season with wins against Bowles and Cork at the Academy on Saturday. And both games finish 1 0 in favour of the Hoops. And attention now turns to the match day three in two weeks' time. And while we're at it, I want to say a big thank you to everyone at Shamrock Rovers who let us use the Roadstone facilities for a charity match in aid of Down Syndrome Ireland for the DMC versus the DPH and it finished that's the Dublin Mail Centre against the Dublin Parcel Hub and they're both beside each other it's where me and the Prof works it's a charity game and uh, there was some uh, now I was away for it but I, I helped them out as regards to the venue and things like that and a bucket collection and we raised a few quid I'll get the I'll get the amount in soon enough but there was some uh, 
There were some heavy tackles, to say the least. That game was a talk of the plays all week. Yeah. Uh, four goals for Connor Dunn. Yeah, former, former Rovers. Former Shamrock Rovers B player. We had Anto Matthews strutting his stuff. Uh, member and season ticket holder. He was strutting his stuff around the Rollstone, p- picking balls out on left, right and centre. Um, who else have we got? I did have a couple of ringers, but obviously I had to cancel because I wasn't around. I was in London. But... Um, we have plans for the Tifties Five side. We're gonna have an all-star studded team. Are the ultras gonna come along again this year to the Five side? I'd say so. Yes. Gonna try and get yourself a ringer. <laughs> Want to perform a bit better though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we're against uh, three massive teams. Do you got the worst group? Oh, you got the worst group. Jesus. Um, we had a uh, Cronin. And, uh, they got to the final. Cronin still has it, doesn't he? He's still very good. Yeah. Uh, He's taking it very serious. Yes, he was. He, they, they were in general. Against the team of lads who are on the session tonight. <laughs> Robbo putting the boot in and everything. Robbo <laughs> kicking people. Um, Dean Williams, C-Block, was a guest on the greatest league in the world today. I said LOI Weekly, so he's a, a, a mistake. Uh, he is going to be on, yeah, greatest league in the world, so big shout out to Dino. And uh, and the Stevens scored a cracker for Sheffield United at the weekend as well as a former hoop banging them in. And he made championship team of the season. Ender Stevens, so that's a big, yeah. big thing. So uh, I think he's Premiership bound. Pop quiz for Baltius. Go on. True or false? Or let's, I'll just say, did Ender Stevens ever score a goal for Rovers? No. No, I didn't think so either. No. He only scored in a friendly. Ah, look at Prof. You yeah. knew there was a trick to it. <laughs> knew there was a trick to it. Yeah. Right, so up next, Prof, you want to introduce this one? Yes, this is Martin Janocki. I mean, you'd be familiar with his face around the ground. As soon as you come in the, the main stand, he's there selling the programmes. So, a uh, well-liked guy, so this is an interview with him. Okay, we're here with Martin Janocki, and first question I have for you is, how did you get into following Rovers? And do you remember what your first game was? Um, back in the 60s, late 60s, my brother Francis, a little bit you know, brother Francis in the wheelchair goes to the games. He had an accident, lost his leg. And when he came out of hospital, he's followed the Rovers. I started bringing him to the Rovers. And that's how he started following Rovers. So you caught some of the famous six in a row? Yes, definitely, yes, yes. Uh, do you have a favourite ever Rovers player, pre and post Tala? Pre Tala, it had to be Frank O'Neill. Yeah, it had to be Frank O'Neill, yeah. yeah. Frank. A lot of people pick him for his pinpoint crossing. As well as he, he did the same thing every week, but nobody could stop him. He just kept down, you know. So it should be easier to stop him, but he couldn't. Even internationally, he could do it on international as well. No, no. Team of them daily on then match the level as well. What about after Tata? Oh, it nearly have to be Twig, wouldn't it? Nearly have to be Twig, yeah. That's how I named my dog after. <laughs> Did you? I have a little snowers of Twiggy. There you go, now. Do you have a favourite and least favourite ground to go to when you're following the hoops? Least favourite ground would be Dundalk. Because it's Kip. I mean, how do trade the away supporters? Unbelievable. How and how do they let trade the away supporters? Unbelievable. And then sometimes you come up, you see them come up here, and the way we treat them, you know, we really and people say that's all spare Rovers. We don't do that, but sometimes I'd like to. And they were complaining last week about getting a bit of rain on them at Richmond Park. There, Paul Kettle Black. Dude, well, over the far side a few weeks ago when they played us, should when they moved up to get seats for them, they given up wasn't enough seats for them. We should have just poured a part of the water there for them. You know, it's just unbelievable, you know. You know it's sad, you know. That's not all combined together, you know. Since our contrast to Cork last week, lovely ground, would that be one of the better ones, one of the away days for you? 
Well, Cork, it's improving now. It's improved. Actually, last week, there was even tiles last week. Before that, we were some bad tiles, but there's no food to sell these in Cork, you know. Unless you want to take a chance and eat one of them burgers right down it. <laughs> but when you see the picture this come out, and you look at the away games, what, what one stands out, aside from bowls, I suppose, what away day, the one when you're looking forward to? Well, mostly we used to look forward to go to Finn Harps. I mean, everybody loves Finn Harps, you know. Good day trip. Probably going to Derry now as well now. Yeah. Nice trip to Derry and hope to make a day over next week, you know. Stay over there. Do you have a favourite ever European trip? Rovers European trip would be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. good Prague. I enjoyed Prague with the family there, you know. Had my son, my wife and in-laws and that, you know. Very, very good trip, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I really enjoyed that trip, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're very happy with our start of the season. I'm sure everyone is. Do you have a, a player of the season so far, in your opinion? Well, it... It'd have to be Grace at the moment, you know, yeah. so consistent, even though Jack Bourne is coming in now. But last week, you now, you could have picked six players from under the match Aaron Green, Ronald Finn, McInnes, you know, Grace, Jack, you know. I thought you'd have it all playing well now, but come on, well, you know. So, from the games of the season, what's pleased you the most, and do you have any worries? What pleases you the most is that the football is good, but we have enough backup for it, you know. Enough if anybody else goes gets injured, you know, have enough people to fill in. I think you know, good midfield but we still need someone up front there. But then again Alan Green played great last week. He's playing great football. He's not scoring goals. But he's working hard you he can only do sixty minutes because he works that hard. I mean, you can honestly see how hard he's working on the pitch. He's just not scoring goals, even out break couldn't score it you know. Mm-hmm. You know really, well, I'm just saying he's working very hard and if we put a few goals now he'd have his game, you know. So do you think we're going to do it? Will Rovers win the league? Yeah, don't, don't be pushy like that, please. You know what I want to say, but I'm not pushing you. Yeah, we know what you're thinking inside. So the club is celebrating 10 years in Tala this year. What's your standout memory from any game at Tala Stadium? The European football, the first European game here. It's excellent, you know? Excellent. But now you heard it. Yeah, you know, it's just the balls in Tala, you know? It's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a Tala person myself. I'm living Tala 30 years now. And um, I wasn't pushing Rovers to tell I was pushing Tala for Rovers. That was my, you know. And, I was just, and it's what we always needed, you know. And should have kept going on from there. So good, you know. Where are you from originally? I'm a north side of, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm a, a born city centre, but I moved out to Ardane when I was very young, you know. Mm. So I'm out in and that's why people help me follow Rovers. <laughs> because my brother Francis. Do you have a favourite ever Tala goal in the 10 years? Oh, um, Gary McCabe must be one of the goals in the European match that was yeah. when he went through there. You know, th- that was great goals. Bit of football, you know? I like football. Can't be real. You know? Do you think it's an underappreciated goal because we went over to Belgrade and we had Sully's volley and the penalty? Do you think McCabe's goal kind of got forgotten about, even though it was an amazing team goal and it was very important? A very important goal it was. Yeah, very important, and it was. You know, it was great for the football. If you see the build up to it, the way he took the ball on himself, you know. Yeah. And then the one two in the boxing, you know, great fit, just to put it in the boxing, puts it in the corner, you know, absolutely great goal, you know, I like that, you know. So supporting Robbers uh, runs in the family for you, of course, yeah, your daughter Martina, she was on the board, and in fact you started selling programmes in 2008 when Martina became editor of Hoopsie. Yeah, well I was doing it before that even, ah. yeah, I, was, um, so I was doing Stuart, I was doing the Gates, I was, they robbed me, I mean it happened everywhere, and you know, it was just, just good, you know, to help the club and get back on its feet, you know. And you were a newspaper vendor in Graffentry for many years, so you'd had a bit of practice. That's what I'm saying. That's why, that's why I have all the skills that Robbie Goggins hasn't got for, <laughs> for the punters. You need good skills for the punters. 
the PR work when they come in the gate. So you'd be the man, Doug. How would you rank other program setters aside from yourself? Well, a lot to learn. <laughs> Right, so what's it like selling programs at the ground? Because is it a good way to get to know fans that way when you're selling programs? It's very, very enjoyable seeing the people coming in. Smiles, I get them coming in smiles on their faces. I don't see them going out with me where I lose. But they're really good. and oh, Everybody's very good. People are very, very good. They really are, you know, and they appreciate the program. They'll be asking you about it. It's extremely good, you know. Any other things you like about the job? Yeah, I like meeting people, meet the whole lot, and being involved in Rovers and supporting Rovers. I mean, I'm a member haven't paid me my season ticket and I still miss 10 minutes of every game if we don't sell out <laughs> the only thing I see the start of the game is we sell out the programmes early and I'm going to see the start of the game otherwise I've missed 10 minutes of every game Is that the only downside I suppose of volunteering sometimes you miss a bit of the action No I'm used to it now so it's not a downside just to get used to it you know, just for, for the club you know? Is there a standout issue of the programme or even maybe a striking cover of the programme you can remember from your time selling them Only going to be pictures in that they sold out that day. <laughs> Very modest. Uh, how do you think the programme has changed or evolved over the years from what you've seen? It seems to get more involved with the with the supporters now. Robbie seems to be getting getting to the maybe getting someone every week, you know, which is very good, you know. And I like, I like the the kids, the, the photograph of the kids, and you know, that's what sells programmes as well. The parents buy one or two or three, you know, for sales. You should be pushing them more, you know, get more kids photographs and for the, you know, for the parents to buy the programmes. It's very good, you know. But the whole program itself, it's, it's good. The people love it, you know. Who's the most famous person you've ever sold a program to? Oh, stop there for a sec. <laughs> Besides Mick Leach, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about Mick Leach and um, CYT. Sellers, they yeah. they normally want them free, but Robbie doesn't get programs right free. Is it true that uh, referee Neil Doyle used to sell programs at the RDS? That was before my time. Oh, yeah. oh God, I didn't meet him. So that's it. Another uh, another valuable asset to the matchday uh, team. And you mentioned there that he he named his dog after Twiggy. Yeah. He, came, he came up to me in the bar afterwards. I was just chatting to Brent, and he comes over. Shows the picture of the dog on his phone. There he is. There's Twiggy. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's like you. Is he a weird dog guy? The way you're a weird cat guy. No, no comment. <laughs> Cat's a fucking shit girl. I'll refer Let's you, be honest. I'll refer to my earlier statement. <laughs> You've got your cat is like down after a porn star as well, isn't it, Lacey? <laughs> you're the only person who says that. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, that's a nice name. Gar's like, your cat's a porn star. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate cats. Right. Um... Yeah, so go on, hit us with some stats, Prof. What have we got today? Right, so as everyone knows, we've won seven league games in a row. So, it's the fifth time since Milltown mm. we've done seven in a row. So we did it in 1993, 94 when we won the league, 2006 when we won the first division, and 2009 in Michael O'Neill's first season in charge. So it's our best run in ten years. If we were to do eight in a row in the league... It would be our best run since January to March 1987. Fucking hell. 87? Yep. The season where we... Last season in Milton. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking for four straight wins over Derry for the first time ever. And we're looking for back-to-back league wins at the Brandywell for the first time ever. And considering... Never done that before. Our league run against Derry, we went... What was How many games did it be in the Shields? We never bet the Shields team until recently. Seven or eight, I think. And our next goal, if we do manage to get it on Friday, that'll be our 100th in history against Derry. And uh, one I kind of forgot last week to mention. Uh, I remember I was talking about 
how we haven't scored that many braces. Yes. It was like since Burke left. Did summer. that hold up? That's that. Because so, uh, Jimmy, the guy who needs a head reduction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about the last show, his head's massive. Um, he's challenging me. He's challenging you. He thinks that's not right. He thinks he got more than, more than two braces. And I said, listen, don't fucking challenge the prof. Oh, listen, I'm not infallible. Come at the stakes, king. But, <laughs> but since Burke left, yeah, it was only Ronan Finn. And now Jack Byrne and McNiff have got two braces. But then I thought, was that our first away brace by a player in a long time? And it was quite a while. So McAniff and Cork, first Roberts player to score two goals. Hold on, let me guess. Away from Tada. 80s? No, two goals in one game. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Two goals in one game, away. It's just been a while. Mark Quigley? No. Gary Shaw and Galway. Oh my oh, god, how do we not know that? August 2017. In fairness, it's an excuse for not knowing that. Yeah. So Tommy, Tommy Kelly told us. I wouldn't ask Tommy Kelly that either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's any more stats, Prof? No, that's it. Right, we're going to start with the Ultras starting 11 now. So, we have the Ultras starting 11 and predictions. So, this is not going to be a collective effort. It's going to be Sean representing the Ultras. So, give us your starting 11 mm-hmm. and your prediction for Derry away. Um. Are you usual at the back man is Pico, um, O'Brien, Grace, and um, <laughs> who else at the back? <laughs> Trev. Trev, yeah. Um, Reburn, McEnough in midfield. Um, I start Kavanagh and then possibly what? Trauma. Yeah, maybe. It's um, tough to the pick, isn't it? And if Bulger is back, then maybe. Um, so who's coming out for what? Actually, no. Um, I don't. Tot Watts did well um, against Waterford. Um, he see. He needs to be the ten, doesn't he? He needs to be where Finn is for him to flourish properly. I think that's where he does his best is driving runs from central, where he's a little bit out left. Bulger's fit. I just. I can't, I can't. How do you put what's in the team? You don't. You keep the. You keep winning the team. Golden rule. Keep winning the team. So uh, Aaron Green presumably up front. Yeah, you're going to bring back Dan Kerr. Yeah, or then Finn as well in midfield. Finn in behind. See what's your prediction. I think it'd be two 0 Two 0 Oh, the brand new world. Yeah, I think it'd be two 0 Big one. And the thing is as well. I mean. Like we, we always say we, we don't want to talk about it. we always go back to it eventually where we predict games and this is perhaps favourite part but six points out of four is two games in a packed April schedule it's fantastic let's be honest we were kind of dreading this month we were dreading this month so fantastic start to it and big one away to dirty so do you know what I can't wait for when we all meet up in maybe Camille in the Talent <laughs> Village who offer a great match day deal 10 euro <laughs> I can't wait until some of the lads bring your own beer can't wait till some of the lads there saying, "Oh Jesus, Carl, we haven't won up here in ages." I'm like, "It was bleeding September, you yeah. headcase." <laughs> you love it. September. And then uh, what else have we got? Um, that was when we didn't get injured. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Actually, here what we're gonna do is we're probably gonna take a detour purely because your bus got torn away. Where did you get torn away? Um, I actually have it here. <laughs> yes, on Google Maps. No, no, no. <laughs> a fella texted me after. Uh, from there telling us where to avoid the PS9 really like, we're fucking no use now yeah we'll be next yeah. year so this is a guy from the area I think so yeah I don't know because we're going to need this we're going to have a bit of a detail we don't fancy going through at all but the thing is it was after our pub stop I'm guessing 
in, yeah, in, in any um, way, was it? Yeah. yeah, what they claimed... That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, what they Someone claimed was we wrecked the pub and uh, Bullocks. they were found in from the guards. Like That was obviously in Monaghan. And yeah. They, uh, they were waiting for us on the way up. Right. Um, but we're not going to have a pub stop anyway. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, you might not get them out of it. Your man said this here. He goes, um, he goes, don't you don't take the road straight out of the new buildings. Use Straba, uh, Straban, right. old road going through uh, Goblin Scale. I'll, de- I'll get that. I, I'll, I'll get. The, I'll send I'll it send, on to yeah, you, yeah, definitely, because we do want to take an ulterior route, as uh, alternative route, because we do not want to yeah. be torn away. You always go through Belfast, make it <laughs> make it more enjoyable. Because <laughs> yeah, no, what we because we we do. We do have a, a friend, a dearly departed friend. Uh, we're going to bring a wreath with us and we're going to lay it down. So that is the purpose of the... It's not a sporting event we're travelling to. It's a memorial event. We're going to travel to the Cliffs of Lifford and lay, lay down a wreath for our departed friend. So that is the purpose of it. So we're not travelling to a sporting <laughs> event. We Therefore, we can have beverages on the bus. So that is... That's it. <laughs> so we're, just, we're coincidentally bringing 45 crazy football supporters with us. Yeah, just happened to... F- Follow yeah. a certain team. And I presume so, there's so, a jersey and scarf band on the bus. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes, please, no colours. Um, yeah, so next up we have the purpose of the show today, and it is the raffle draw. I still can't believe I took out my own ticket. There's about <laughs> 600 tickets in that, and I took out my own. I'm not sure that was the first one. What did we actually do on If on you a? put out my, my name next, I'll, I'll floor me now. Right, so we're going to do the draw, and it's in a big bag, Tower Records bag, very cool as well. I'm loving that. Um, uh, so we're going to go for the fourth prize first I'm going to draw the fourth one um, would you get Johnny Blue to do the winner will you? Right. to do the the sign Bazuna jersey so I'm going to go for fourth prize what, what is it uh, just merchandise we have at the moment so free t-shirts scarves stickers badges usual right so the fourth one out for the fourth prize is we've got young Aaron Dunn who's on our bus oh. so we've uh, <laughs> we've there's Dangerous Dave slightly less Dangerous Dave and uh I don't know, what can we call Aaron Dunn? Moderately threatening. Moderately threatening Aaron Dunn. So Aaron Dunn has won. He's, he's one of your lads as well, isn't he? He's usually on your bus. Yeah, he's on Aaron So that's Aaron, who has won a Ultras hamper, right? So Prof is going to go for the tour prize. What's the tour prize? Uh, shop. Free trip on the bus. And Free trip on the that. bus and cans. So that'll be the, uh, the Sligo bus now. Good rattle, yeah. Which we're not sure about. Is coming on a Friday now. It could be on a Friday, I don't think it's a Saturday anymore. It's possibly been moved. Why is that now? I don't know, but that's what we've heard. Did you put back in? No. Aaron done again. Aaron done again. Right, because you can't win two prizes. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Right, give it a good shake there, Prof. Shake your bag. You put that in twice. Prof's on the bag, boys. You did buy a good few tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a tour prize. Trip on the bus and a bag of cans. That's two. I'm done, boy. Yeah, so we have... We have Mick Eustace. Mick Eustace, okay. Uh, Doesn't seem to be a phone number, but we will get in touch. So that's tour prize. And Ford is Aaron. Now, we're going to get Sean to do second prize, which is... No, we leave accused, lads. Can't be accused of rigging anything now. Yeah, I mean, probably do Bazunu together. Right, we'll leave Johnny Blue out. So this is the second prize, and what is it again? What's the second prize? Uh, It'd be McAllister's jersey. Okay, we have Dennis. That's it. Just Dennis with a phone number. So that yeah, is. We'll have to get on to him. Yeah, Dennis. <laughs> no one knows who this prize is yet. <laughs> so second is Dennis McAllister. And me and the prof. How together we, as one. How do we do it together? We can hold hands. 
and we can link our, our fingers together, right? This is a bit weird. <laughs> right, I have one here, ready? Right. Right, there we go. Prof, shout one out. Who we got? The winner of the Gavin Bazuna jersey. Is John Maher. Right, John Maher. Most of these all sold at a Rovers game, so we, they're bound to be some sort of Rovers fan, so we have first prize. And that is John Maher, and there's a phone number. So we're going to let you hold on to them. So Will just to course. recap, right, we have four prize with uh, Ultras Merch, Aaron Dunn. We have tour prize, which is Mick Uses, no phone number for him. We'll try and get in touch with him. I think he could be on the chat and he is gonna get a trip to the bus, a trip on the bus with a bag of cans. Second prize is Dennis McAllister jersey and first prize, the fine wine is a Gambazunu jersey. Lucky so man. that is a lucky man, yeah. Very lucky man. And uh, so that is it for the raffle draw. And fair play lads, is it? He's, he's, he's uh, persistent I'll give you that me and Prof could take a, <laughs> could take a leaf out of your book Jesus so next up um, we're just about finished but Game of Thrones is back tonight has to be talked about do you watch it Sean? I just don't know I want to get into it though um, it'll take over your life if it's a bit late now to be honest no it but never uh, is sure my ma rang, rang me last week she goes I'm watching the Peaky Blinders <laughs> a fucking mad woman but uh, she's a lot of time in her hands you do well to watch it and avoid spoilers though for the last season like yeah, if you man. haven't seen it before it's yeah but some people enjoy annoying you over spoilers so that's mm. what time is that on tonight I'm going to have to watch it online I don't think it's on Sky Atlantic or something like that isn't it I'm just going to watch it by legal means somehow on Monday morning <laughs> there's actually a massive debate in work over when we should watch it one fella was trying to arrange all of us to not watch it until the night time because his, his missus is make, wait, making him wait until oh, night time. I used to we just, refl- dead, yeah. just refused. Well, we've given up on the walk of dead. We're like, we're watching it before we come into work. Because some bastard is going to spoil it. You know who'd spoil it as well? That fucking Egypt that you work with. With the fucking pallet truck, Gary. You know he fucking <laughs> will, wouldn't he? He's a tick. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that's it. Our bus to Derry is full to the brim. It took us just over 36 hours to fill this bus. And we've got standby. So, if anyone else is trying to get on a bus you can go with Ryan Usher he's running one as well I think the Gary Twig are running one possibly the Hoops SC mm-hmm. um, we are full to the brim with Stamboy as well uh, a couple of your lads are on Shane Mooney um, a couple of the lads are on Stamboy is that you know I think Jay and um, a couple of other lads are on Stamboy yeah. either way uh, do, do what you can to get down to the game it's going to be a cracker I mean we're on top of the league we're away to Derry on Good Friday what else would you be doing if you're not away, if you're not travelling somewhere else? So what else would you be doing? So that's the way we feel. 50 54. Jeez, very good. Yeah, so to the brim. And we're going to have to bring some more elastics with us to hold the door together. I think it's the same bus, same driver. So, yeah, uh, hopefully anyway. I mean, he's he's ready. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Our bus to Derry. So if you are coming down with a bit of grub, one o'clock, between one and a half, one at Camille in Tallet. Um get a bit of grub into us and like I said bring your own beer so we're going to have a couple of beers there and then onto the bus and so that is uh, that is it for this week I want to thank Sean for popping in and uh, that's it pretty much don't have any more trouble that the ultras had we pray for no trouble we don't want to get stopped at the border because we're just going to be driving around for three hours <laughs> so and we'll end see. up in a bundle <laughs> <laughs> going fucking skinny dipping some lock in the fucking middle of Northern Ireland so that is it for this week and thanks for listening and as usual do you know what well, why don't we do this you can rate us you can what else what did I you, what was it comment and subscribe comment subscribe rate us 
Uh, do all that shit. I think we have literally two comments on iTunes. Yeah, ever. I don't know. I, I don't know how it helps us, but just do it anyway. All the other podcasts say it. So uh, that is it. And uh, see you up in Derry and keep on hooping. See you. Thanks, lads. I'm running out of gas The police caught me Don't mean to slow down They're running too fast Through the heart of town But my baby gone My baby's gone My baby's gone Yeah, yeah She ain't ever Hey, man.